everyone. Welcome back to this Muslim Girl podcast. Today I have with me Ella Belkhi. Ella is a serial entrepreneur from Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, who works as a cultural consultant, art director, and illustrator. Born in Jeddah and raised in Montreal, Ella grew up with a keen awareness of both the versatility and constancy of culture. Upon receiving her bachelor's degree in graphic design from Dar al-Hakma University, Ella launched whimsical illustration brand Fionca. With culture being the focus of her youthful artistic direction, Ella's brand quickly became a success both locally and internationally. Under her creative direction, Fionca went on to collaborate with names like Rimmel and Netflix. One leap after another, Ella made the big move to New York in 2012 to pursue her MPS in design management and strategy from Pratt Institute in Brooklyn, New York, graduating in 2015. Today, she is based between the cities of Jeddah, New York, and Dubai. Okay, so welcome, Ella. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I want to start off with just a basic question. Like, who is Ella Belkhi? I know that you're an illustrator, creator of Fionca. You recently um, started in the publishing world, right? Like, with Mina Zain? Um, Yeah, so... That is one aspect of what I do. Yeah. I'm sure there's many social media influencer, content creator. Like, how would you describe yourself? I guess I would say I'm a creative. Like, I just do different things. And the thing is, when I went to school, I went, I did graphic design. I have a BA in graphic design. And I feel like back then in 2006, it was very limiting. It was you go to graphic design school, you work in advertising. That was it. And then as soon as Twitter happened, it was Facebook, Twitter, and then Instagram. Instagram happened in 2011. I feel like more doors opened up of you don't have to work in advertising and you don't have to be a graphic designer, but everything you learn, you take you take all of that and you do something different and use your graphic design skills or degree to create whatever you want to create. And I feel like it's not limiting anymore. It's so weird because we're so used to saying, or we're so used to hearing, oh, I'm a doctor, oh, I work in this company, oh, I work in PR, I work in publishing and consulting. But then there's so many other things and I don't like to put myself in a box because what if, I don't know, like what if I want to also do, pursue acting? So I would say I'm a creative. It's a, it's a large term so that you, like you said, you don't box yourself and you're able to enter different fields, right? Because that, that includes many things. Like I myself, I'm an artist and then I have my sister who's a creative writer. So we both, you know, consider ourselves in the creative field best. You know, I'm more drawing and illustrating. She's more writing. But then I feel like when you're an entrepreneur and when you start something, you you put on so many hats. So with Fionca, I was I did the branding and I did the production and I did the sourcing and I the marketing and I did the communication and I did the designing and the illustrating and the social media. So I did all of that. So, but now I am, I'm the founder of Fionca. I'm the illustrator of Fionca. That's how I generalize all of what I did. But then with Mina Azin, um, it was more of, we wanted to create something that we needed right now. It's, it's like a platform that has so many amazing people that are part of this platform that, you know, just kind of bring it back to print and bring it back to publishing works of people instead of just having it on digital uh, platforms. Mm-hmm. And um, also representing people that aren't usually in magazines or certain publications, correct? Um, yani, that's, that's where my, my personal background is very different because I grew up in a place where everyone was like me. Mm-hmm. Aside, as I grew up in Montreal, that was different. But like in Saudi, my middle school high school and college 
it's it's so weird and that's like another conversation like in America um when I meet people that the first thing they say is like oh like we're not represented and all of that for me it's so different because I grew up in a place where everyone most of the people were like me um same religion same sect even I grew up in Jeddah mm-hmm. so but we never even talk about that it was just like not that it wasn't diverse because Jeddah is very diverse in terms of where your origins are from and your race and all of that that's what did like that's what the hijaz is all about that's what jidda is about so you find people from different families um that you know that look different because their ancestors are different because they all came for hajj and then they stayed and they married from the locals so like jidda is very diverse mm-hmm. then the culture is very similar mm-hmm. in like a normal week every day's lunch would be from a different place. So we would have like Molochiyah on one day, Rizbukhari the second day, or like Harira. And, but because we are, or Akiljawi, like um, Javanese food, because we're so mixed and culturally. So I never thought, um, yani I never thought about this whole representation thing until I moved to America. Where I was like, wait a minute, we're not, represented but like when I'm in the region when I'm in the Gulf when I'm I just think of representation like oh there's not as many Saudi girls there's not as many women there's not so my my fight was always like a gender fight Hmm. Um, because I grew up in a place where everyone kind of was like the same so I was like okay my fight is like a gender fight like women 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 so for example when I came here and I just have these normal conversations about what I think is, you know, yay, we made it. But then Americans are like, wait, but there's not one person of color on that show. And I'm like, but it's a show about women. But for me, that's it's something completely new to me to think about it in that, that aspect, mm. which is something I'm learning. Like, it's my seventh year here. Um, but, I, but yes, I get it. It's different. And I would never put myself in the shoes of, of Arab Americans or Arab Muslim Americans or... Muslim Americans, because even with International um, Muslim Women's Day, I didn't feel it was for me. I didn't know because I... It was for those who felt the void and felt the misrepresentation? Or, or felt they were different or felt that they needed. I didn't feel like it wasn't my place. It wasn't my place to be in a campaign for International Women's Day when I didn't feel what they felt growing up. I didn't feel that, so it's unfair. And then, so I'm like in the middle of this thing where, you know, I live here, but then I don't relate to so many things that other girls relate to. And I'm really different, but I'm trying to fit in, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. Which I think is what makes you who you are and makes you different, I think. Um, and appeal in different ways. But for you, you're, I don't know if the if fight is word, but your um, maybe purpose that you, that you see is the gender role and gender representation. Um, but seven years is a long time to be in the United States. I'm surprised you haven't felt. Um, so in the seven years, I've been here for three and a half, like physically. Oh, okay. So it, it hasn't really been that long. Your English is great though, mashallah. I grew up in Montreal. Oh, okay. But even though, even though I have friends that never left Saudi for school and their English is good. So that's another misconception. Mm-hmm. And that's something like frustrates me because it's, we speak perfect English there. Yeah. Um, you know, there's so many misconceptions that even us as Arab Muslims um, or Arab Americans that we have towards the Arab world, especially if we're not very 
exposed to it. I mean, I, I'm Yemeni. I've been to Yemen many times, so I don't really so much deal with that. But I know a lot of people who have been here their whole lives. They almost carry the same mindset and like the misconceptions that most Western people do towards um, Arabs and specifically Saudis. I think because come on, the media plays a huge part of it, Very, yeah. and, and social media kind of broke that because there is no excuse for being ignorant because there is this platform that so many people from everywhere are on this platform so you can actually meet a real life Saudi girl because I meet so many people here that have never met a Saudi girl or oh you're Sa like today I took an Uber and the guy was like oh your name is Allah and I'm like no it's Allah he's like I'm like I'm from Saudi he's like oh and you're dressed like this and and I'm just like what what do you mean he's like you know in Saudi you can't dress like this I'm like I can dress the way I want to dress, he's like, no, no, no. But in Saudi, you can't dress like this. How is he going to tell you that? Oh, for me, it's like PTSD of like, why are you telling me what to wear? All my life, people have been telling me what I have to wear. But like, you're, you're not the one that's going to come and tell me what to wear. And it was so frustrating. But what am I going to do? Yani? It's like being Saudi is very, it, there's so many things because there's what people think mm -hmm. and trying to change what people think, but then you want to be yourself. And then a lot of people are like, but don't say you're Saudi. I'm like, but I am. But then you have to start this conversation because you're from Saudi and because I'm from Mecca, then that doesn't mean that I have to represent everyone that's mm -hmm. from there. I'm my own person. And like these small misconceptions, I feel change with social media. And no, and no, there is no, it's ignorant for people to say, oh, I didn't know, or just educate yourself or ask the right questions. Or like, you know, some people ask really good questions. Like, I'm curious, I thought that this, or I never knew that this, instead of saying... Um, the way like, they ask is important too, right? Because there's a respectful way. Instead of being surprised, things of like, oh, like you have, like I've heard, but not now, I feel like in the beginning I've heard like, oh, you have a Starbucks in Saudi or, oh, you have American brands. And I'm like, yeah, they're horrible. Mm -hmm. But, um, I know I'm talking about like, I don't know when these American franchises open in Saudi, it's just like a big deal, like IHOP and all of that. And I get it. It's like, it's different when you're exposed to it. And, and Hatta, okay. When I said people speak English perfectly, it is, it is a social class thing. It is an education thing. It, um, and I feel like now it's changing, especially like, let's say, okay, you speak English, but then there's the accent thing. It's how, it's how, it's how your household is. If, it's if you, you know, my brothers didn't, my brothers did not grow up in Montreal, but they used to watch everything in English, like all the cartoons. So it's, I mean, that's a whole thing and they speak English perfectly. And if someone told them like, oh, but you're from Saudi, you, you speak English perfectly. Like they literally never left Saudi. They studied all their life in Saudi and they speak English perfectly and it's it's the environment helps. Okay, so I want to go back a little bit to the the social media thing because I know you said that there there's access today to a Saudi woman or any type of person that you know before it wasn't someone that you can find around in your neighborhood. So you didn't, you weren't exposed to people. So now it's kind of like if you're if you're not exposed to it, it's kind of your own fault because the accessibility is there. But mm -hmm. um what do you think your, how has social media served a purpose for you and maybe your life's purpose? Oh, so many things. Yani, I feel first for me personally, it just, it's just helped me in so many ways with Fionca particularly. Fionca was pre-Instagram. 
Sofionka was on Twitter. And then I remember I did Facebook. But Twitter was so interesting because as soon as Twitter launched um, in Saudi, it was the first time that Saudis had a public space to talk online. It was on this platform, but it was a public space to talk. And there's a lot of people that met through Twitter, and this was unheard of because you go out, there are they, there weren't any public spaces. So you go out with people you know, and you're in the same circle. And I feel like Twitter broadened that circle. One of my closest friends, um, Ranin Bukhari, is from Khobar. She's from the eastern province, and I met her through Twitter. And I, I remember we used to follow each other on Twitter, and then I... I met her in real life and I didn't know who she was until she told me her Twitter name. And I was like, oh my God, you. And that was amazing that the first time I went to Riyadh, this is also so surreal. I remember there was this um, forum in Riyadh and I sent a tweet. I sent a tweet to the organizers. I'm like, hey, like I want to attend this event. I have 2,000 followers. Like I want to cover it. And they they invited me, and I went, and I met Renin, and my friend Besma was part of it. And th- this was the first time that I went to another city in Saudi because of Twitter. And and then Fionca also really helped, Fionca being on Instagram and social media. Um, and then my own personal, my own career, and, you know, me having, me being this kind of quote-unquote public figure, um, but also... In the beginning, I really wanted to have a platform that represented like Saudi girls, but then I'm like, I can't represent all Saudi girls, so I just wanted somewhere basically to to share, to share my life, to mm-hmm. change perceptions, to connect people, to just find amazing. It it connected people in so many different ways, like even in in happy moments and in sad moments and in difficulties, and like you know, sharing grief, sharing joy, sharing all these things, finding people that are going through the same thing, learning so much from other people. I think it's such a great platform, but also I'm I'm so careful about not putting all my eggs in one basket. And if Instagram would disappear tomorrow, I, I really want to be able to continue doing what I'm doing. So I don't rely heavily on it, although because I'm a visual person, it helps me more than Twitter. Um, I had a blog, an actual blog blog. For me, it was just, it's more easier to maintain an Instagram than a blog. Mm-hmm. I'm not a good writer and I feel like I'm a good talker and I'm a good visual person. Mm-hmm. It makes it easier. I'm kind of the same way. But I wanted to ask you, how do you think that, like the work that you've been able to do through social media and maybe others like you, how has that influenced or impacted the way that people view women, um, particularly like Arab women? I feel like it's changed in like even just the past 10 years. I think... I think it's always been there. There's always been women, amazing women that are doing amazing things, but they're not, they're not there. But even, even, even social media. So um, Vogue, Vogue Arabia just had this issue that they highlighted Saudi women that are doctors, you know, researchers, engineers. These are not the women that are going to be on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So, so yes, it highlighted amazing women that are doing things. But then, some women just Instagram for them is is just another thing. It's just like I have an email and I have Instagram. And some some women that are, I would say, influencers like Instagram is their career. And I think it's not fair for us to just look at who's on Instagram and then say like, oh, these women are doing amazing things. But they were. 
just because they're not on Instagram doesn't mean that they're not doing amazing things. And that that is where the comparison comes. Like, you know, I'm a doctor. I'm, I'm like a brain surgeon. But do I also have to be active on Instagram so, so people can notice my work? That doesn't so Why don't we also glorify these women? I feel like it's our job and kind of like talk about women that don't talk like that. They don't talk about themselves. Not don't talk about themselves. That's just like, you know, they have better, not better things. I don't know how to verbalize it. That's the hemptic, like... If you're a brain surgeon, يعني, your priority or your thing is not going to be on social media. They're not, they're not, they're not supposed to like go and, and just just look on Instagram or social media for women that are doing amazing things. I think where everyone we've always been there, I think just social media highlighted it more. I see what you mean. But then not in specific fields. So I think in the creative field, in the design field, and creative field in general, yes, it did. But then not in all fields. So I think it helped a segment of, of it, but not everything. So I wouldn't want someone to just go on social media and try and find, I don't know. No, I, I know, know what you mean. I think it's, so then it's a great thing what uh, Vogue Arabia did, right? Because they, yes, they didn't just go online and because and, that's kind of the easy way too is just search uh, woman. Or just, just fe- or feature someone that is already, you know, an it girl or a hype girl or like someone that already has the following. Yeah. And I get it. Sometimes it helps at the end of the day. It's a business. But then to truly, truly find these women that I didn't know about. I didn't know about them. And now I do. And I, I, am, I am amazed. Um, and I'm, I'm inspired because it, it's just so inspiring. I, personally, growing up, my, my dad, I, not that it wasn't really taken seriously that I wanted to be a doctor. Just because, you know, why? Why would you do that? And why it's so hard and you want to start a family and they just make it so hard but then you see these women that did it and you're just like you know they didn't they went with it and they did it and they didn't listen to you know the negative things that society said they made it possible yeah and then they in turn become the inspiration for those who wanted to enter the field who had those voices telling them oh no definitely definitely and and i feel like girls nowadays just really the sky is the limit for them as opposed to us when there was no no representation um, or nothing we could see the media was very limited it was the magazines were all you know celebrities singers musicians mm-hmm. um, actors and and that wasn't something you know you were going to pursue because it wasn't socially acceptable in Saudi in the 90s I would say growing up And like even graphic design, so like my program was the first graphic design program in the country and my dufa, my class was the sixth class. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very new. It was like design was very new. Before that, you were either doctor or teacher or you study in any field to teach in that field. Mm-hmm. But then that's it. And I feel like now it's just so amazing that I want my daughter to grow up my future daughter to grow up knowing that she can be an astronaut and there is someone that's an astronaut. There is a Saudi woman astronaut. There is, and I want them to, to, to feel like they can do whatever they want. There are Saudi women actresses. There are Saudi women, you know, scientists, designers, singers, musicians, composers. Um, I want them to not just be limited to like these things and also these things that these majors that are in Saudi. I just want them I want, I don't know, like, I just want them 
to have a better options than I did because my options were finance and business administration and graphic design and computer science. This is what I was thinking about. Was graphic design your passion? Was it what you wanted to do? It was it was literally a happy mistake. My grades weren't good, so I didn't get accepted in the public college. So I went to a private college and my cousin chose graphic design. So I said, okay, let's do graphic design. Had no idea what graphic design was um, and I just did it. I really had no idea, but I felt like I knew that I liked collages and I knew that I liked cutting things, but I didn't know what it was because I didn't see it around me. I didn't see Arabic graphic design around me. And um, when I was in school, it was Rena Salam. Um, she's a Lebanese graphic designer. She was the only inspiration I could find. It's different when you study graphic design in a dual language. Because you have all these aspects. When you have a company, you have the font and the logo. You have it in Arabic, you have it in English, all of that. It was so important. Um, editorial, book design, all of that. It's so different. You learn it in a different way. It's literally the opposite. It's text right to left and the other is left to right. So for me, it was there wasn't that much inspiration. That's where Fianca came from. I didn't see cartoons representing where I grew up and the women I see around me and and cartoons and magazines and you know um, comics I didn't see that so I wanted to illustrate what I saw around me and that's why all the women are different one is wearing burqa one is covering her face one is wearing hijab one is wearing abaya one is not it's literally what I saw around me it's not religious it's yani it's not it's more social like Fionca was always a social brand there's so many messages that people don't realize a lot of the illustrations of Fionca girl her eyes are closed because she's dreaming of something better. Um, I never illustrated men. And when I did, I I made the guy behind the woman and he was shadowed. So small little things. I'm trying to start a conversation. And like small, small little baby steps. It's a very personal brand when it started. I was 21 and I wanted to create something. And I wanted to wanted to create the Saudi brand that Saudi girls can see themselves in. And I was always a fan of Hello Casey, but she's a cat. So I wanted to create something that they felt like it represents them. And it was it was made in Saudi and it was made by Saudi women. And, you know, and the, the language is the same. And When you designed Fionca, were you, did you have an idea that you wanted to get into bags and designing for that? Or was it just strictly like a design that you had? No, so Fionca is an illustration-based brand. So the, the, the brand is the illustration. Okay. So I wanted to, I just wanted to, Put it on stuff that you know made sense in the beginning it was um because i just graduated from college it was more um you know the college student so the tote bag notebooks pencil case makeup bag stuff like that i saw i was listening to an interview that you did with um i think it's called Funjan. oh yeah amazing yes um you actually said something that i i found very relatable and i wanted to hear a little bit more about it from you it, it was i think you talking about your brand, um, Fionca, and talking about how when you do something, you want to do it right or you don't want to do it at all. And sometimes that requires you taking a break from something, sometimes, um, or stepping away from it. For me, like, I like to get into many different fields. And so I'll try, if I'm interested in something or I have a passion, like, I'm going to try it. Um, if I fail, it's fine. I'd rather try it than to have to sit and wonder about what it would be like or if I would be good at something. So I just wanted to talk to you a little bit more about that um, because I feel like there's some good and bad to having that type of mindset. And I don't know if you still have or if I'm you know, portraying correctly what you said in that interview, but 
there's some good and I think there's obviously some bad to it as well but do you see yourself as someone who wants like are you constantly looking for something like a different not necessarily field but a different creative way a, a different creative space to enter or you see something and you're like I how would you do it differently how would you enter that space I want to do a lot of things and some things you some things you can literally plan for years and still it's not ready and some things you just jump into it and then magic happens with Fionca there was no plan I just wanted to create something and then turn into something bigger so so now I'm taking it back we, we turn 10 in two years so I'm taking it back and building a team finding investors to kind of do it the right way because it was never supposed to be a business it was a project that turned into a business that that has so much potential because it's something that's needed in the market and wanted um and the market is not as saturated as it is in the states there's space for everyone there's always i think there's so much abundance in the universe that there's space for everyone to do whatever they want and we're we're so afraid sometimes we're so afraid of of it not working so we never try but we would never know mm-hmm. and I think the thing that we don't talk about is failure and so what's the worst thing that can happen you've always been like this not not afraid to fail I guess or maybe you're afraid a little but it's not something that's going to stop you the fear everyone, doesn't stop you I think everyone is afraid but I always think like what's the worst that can happen what's the worst that can happen and I truly believe, I truly believe that um, mm-hmm. so your 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 money, your your wealth will come. If it's meant for you, it will come in, in different ways that you don't know about. And what's meant for you will happen. So you just have to kind of believe. I know there's a little bit of, some people just want the realistic approach and, you know, the, the studies and the business plan and, but sometimes you just have to take a leap of faith and just start. And and when I say start, I don't say like put all your savings in it. And when I say start, I mean just try doing something different. For me, when I when I tell people that want to start a brand, and I'm like, just think about a name and just start an Instagram. Just start an Instagram. Think about a name. Start an Instagram. Start a Pinterest board. That's the first step, you know, just start. If you're gonna keep saying I want to do a brand, I want to do a brand, and I want to start something, I want to start something, and you didn't even open a Google Doc to write your ideas, then what's, why? You're not losing anything by doing that. I I used to keep saying that I want to start another brand for two years. That was a more mature Pionka. It it was, the name was ready and everything, and I just kept saying, like, I really want to start another brand, I really want to, and my friend was like, "Why, why don't you? Just do it. And it just miraculously happened, like, and then I just launched it in Ramadan and, and we just had, um, and Vogue featured us on their website and it was just Vogue Arabia and it was just, I was afraid, so many steps I was afraid, but then what's the worst that can happen? Um, and I think sometimes too, people don't want to put in the work, like they have the idea, but somehow they want the money or the resources and everything to come. Ideas are everywhere and ideas are floating and that's why, you know, when you have an idea, but then someone else does it, you can't say anything because you didn't do it. So idea is floating. And if someone grabs it and does it, then it's their idea. You can't say it was my idea because you never did it. You can't seem to think that you're the only one that's come up with it. So this is kind of a random question, but where did the name Fionca come from? 
Pianka means a ribbon bow. Okay. So a bow made out of a ribbon. And it's, I want a name that's very general. And I want a name that, you know, for me, it's just like very cute. I was so into bows. Um, I remember growing up, like all the like little socks had bows. Everything had a bow. And it's a very Hijazi word. It's a very slang, Jidda, like Hijazi word. So I just, I wanted something general. It's so, it seems like the brand is so personal to you then. Like every aspect of it is very much about. Because it was, a, it was my project. It's yeah. still it's still very nice and people still call me Fionca and it's it's so surreal now to think about it that I've started this when I was 21 it's insane did you do it all by yourself my family all of them so my mom helped me me and my mom sewed actually the first collection my brothers were helping me pack like iron all like my brothers literally saved me with Fionca because when I was in the States they were doing everything they were managing production the tailor my sister it, it it literally it really is like a family run company oh that's amazing also you're a recently new aunt right yeah I have a nephew how's that I mean I'm I have 17 nieces and nephews mashallah it's honestly probably one of the best things or like I would say the biggest blessing is being an aunt. Like I absolutely love it. For me, it's very different because I love him so much, but I'm not there. Then mm. it's kind of this thing of like, does he know who I am? Am I going to be in his life? So for me, it's just very weird. But then he, he literally makes everything better. They really do. Yeah. And I think technology makes it easier, right? Like you can. Yeah, he has. He has an Instagram account. It's called Sitta Hasna so cute. cute yeah and I like I see him and he's there and everything but it's just it's so different like whenever I go back it's so different now because whenever I go back to Saudi it's literally from the airport to her house and I just like literally go and yelling like fan and baby <laughs> okay so I have one last question for you mm. if you were to give a younger girl advice um maybe it's your younger self but a younger girl who has who wants to do something that maybe is not your traditional um, space. And I, I know we talked about women in, in the professional space, in the, like doctors, lawyers, um, you know, inshallah, astronauts. But if she wanted to go into a space that's non-traditional, it doesn't necessarily have to be creative. But what kind of advice would you give to her? People will always talk. So that aside, people will always have an opinion. And, and some people will always try to put you down. But as soon as you make it, people will forget and they will applaud you. And I've seen that happen to me personally. I've, I've, I've heard so many things from family members. They're like, what are you doing? Who's going to buy this? You're selling this. Uh, how can you leave your job and start something? And then now it's just like, like yeah, she's my niece. So, so that I would definitely say like, just start working. Because you can you can get all the degrees in life, but working in that field is so different. And just starting to, you learn so much when you're in a workspace. You and that's something I wish I had more of because I've been I've been working on my own for such a long time that you know I think maybe I would have been a better writer if I you know worked in a in an environment when where there are other people that you know I can show them. And it's like a constant learning. Mm -hmm. process when you're working so the sooner you do it the better because then because I started working when I was 18 I started working from college and then 
um, as soon as I graduated, I was like, okay, I can't, I don't want to do this, but I've learned so much. So when you start, just the earlier you start, the better, different things. And start working at places that you will learn from. And internships are, yeah, I mean, they're, they're so important because you learn. As much as you give and you think like, oh, but they're not paying me, that money is not going to, like the learning experience is worth so much more. more the more connections more. are so valuable, like all the connections. And one last thing is just be nice because you never know where someone will end up. You never know. So just be nice to everyone because if you're in this industry, industries are very small and, and people know each other. So everyone everyone can be of value. And you can never think like, oh, how's this person going to help me? You never know when you might need them. Wise words. I really like that last one. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you so much.